High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. I first met former Libyan Jew, Dr. David Jerby, when he visited South Africa in 2006, and again when he returned the following year. He had just written a book, Making Peace with Gaddafi, which he hoped would further reconciliation. We met again in 2011 when he was brought out as a guest of the South African Jewish Board of Deputies to speak about the expulsion of Jews of Libya on various platforms. At that time, Dr. Jerby was again off to Libya to try and restore the synagogue and to witness the change of regime following the fall of Gaddafi. He has subsequently been back a number of times and he, as he represents the World Organization of Libyan Jews. Today, he lives in Rome where he's a practicing psychologist. And he joins me now to tell me of his journey in search of reconciliation and how it has panned out. Dr. Jerby, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me again, Charissa. Uh, I'm glad to update you about uh, uh, the new version of me after so many years. First time we met in 2006 and now it's 2021. So I change a little bit. Uh, I have more gray hair. And <laughs> so the situation, if I would see, like, uh, since the expulsion of the Libyan Jews in 67, it's already 54 years, things didn't change. Uh, even if I try my best, uh, many people try their best uh, to have a reconciliation and to have justice. But until now, no justice, uh, no reconciliation, no truth came out. So since King Idris, 1967, he stayed in power until 69. Then uh, instead of a kingdom, we had dictatorship with Gaddafi until October 2011. Then, uh, and I met Gaddafi and uh, I had this experience with him to get my last Jew of Libya, my aunt, Rina Debash, to get her back in exchange in, this it was in 2003, he would allow me to take her out of Libya. I brought her out in 2003, and then because she could not be buried there, she was 80 years old, they destroyed the cemetery. It was no place where to bury it, so she reunited with her family here in Rome in October 2003. And then she died 40 days here. Later, we brought her in Israel. Now she's buried in Petah Tikva in a Jewish cemetery. So then after this, uh, they invited me. Actually, in South Africa, we did all the the experience with the Libyan embassy. was a good experience making peace with Gaddafi. And they invited me in Libya to restore the relationship and the synagogue as a gift for what I did uh, to help to normalize the relationship between Libya and the uh, United States and Europe, because I found uh, the person who was interested to do this. And again, Gaddafi paid uh, the victim of the Lockerbie. He gave compensation and he said, we start with this and then we normalize also with the Jew. But it did not happen. He just allowed a small delegation to come there. They visit after me, but nothing else happened. So I continued this, and then it came in 2011, Mustafa Abdul Jalil. I was in South Africa 
they invited me to go in Libya to help in the psychiatry hospital. I was in Cape Town, the radio voice of Cape. They say to me, ah, you just go with the media, television, radio, newspaper, but you're not on the ground. If you really want to help, you should come here and help the traumatized people that are there. Then I decided to go and I go twice. But uh, unfortunately, I discovered that there is a, a, a huge hate just the culture of hate that it was there against the Jew. And uh, this it was not because of the Libya, but because of what Gaddafi did, uh, because uh, he instilled for all those years the hate for Israel. So it became the anti anti-Semitism, it will become like anti-Zionism. And a special hate for the Libyan Jew who went to live in Israel. But the, the Libyan Jew who went to live in Israel, it was because of the pogrom, because they persecuted him. And this started because uh, the Israel state was born. So all the Arab League attacked Libya, attacked the Jewish of Libya, so they needed to go. So they went in Israel. And so they hate because they went to Israel. So the, all the propaganda from Nasser arrived and the, the brainwash for 50 years, the new generation that now since 67 until today, the, someone who has now 54 years old, he was zero. So he grew up with this culture of hate. And when they met me, the same, this is what I want to update you, the, the things that I really discover, and this is the hypocrisy of the Libyan government that uh, manipulated the media. So what they say is this, is the formula is this, since you, Jew, has been taking the house and the shop of the Palestinian, that the Israeli conquer and throw them out, we are taking your house, the house of my father, the house, the shop and everything, because we, you did not give them back. So we will take from you. So the hypocrisy uh, is about, we, it's not that we are taking from you, we have the value and we give the amount of money to the Palestinian. So we just make ourselves so good in front of the rest of the world, but really is hypocrisy, is fakeness, is just using the cows of the Palestinian refugee for their own profit because they stole our property. At least you could say, okay, there is a sense. They do for cows. There is honesty. There is integrity. You did this, I take from you and I give you to the No, it was not like this. Until now, it's not like this. I try to be in touch with the leadership through the Italian embassy, through the United Nations. I met with the representative of the United Nations, Bernardino Leone of the UN SMIL. And I met uh, also Martin Kobler, United Nations. But always the issue of the Jew is better not to touch because it's a unresolved issue and they just are waiting that this will be forgotten. So I still do, and I'm still in touch with, uh, with some good people. The good people, unfortunately, they're, they're, they live in threat because if they know that they are in touch with the Jew and want to normalize, they consider them as betrayer. They call the kafir. Kafir is like the worst thing that they can say, like you don't believe. So the fanatic, the extremist, they really 
are on charge. And so we are waiting now the election of uh, 24 of December 2021. Few times I tried to meet uh, Stephanie Williams, uh, who is now the representative of United Nations for the Libya. She came in Rome, I supposed to meet, but we didn't meet. But the Libya situation with the Jew is unresolved. But I still have hope. Uh, why? Because Morocco gave me hope. Emirates, Bahrain, Sudan. So this gave me hope because they normalized their relationship. I spoke with them. And what is for me is important that they, in case it will be normalization, maybe the miracle will happen also there for interest. If it will happen, I want to be clear. It will be just because of interest. It will not be like my old self of the past because there is brotherhood, because we love each other. This maybe will come after that they have the belly that is full and they have enough understanding that it is more convenient to work together and to have abundance together than to hate each other and to, and to kill the Jew because this is... Um, Dr. Derby, you speak about, I mean, just maybe because I know you a little bit better, I know that in, at some level you've devoted your life to reconciliation between Libyans and Jewish Libyans. You felt when you were born there was some kind of connectedness. And what I'm hearing that over the last couple of years, you feel that that anti-Semitism now is established, that rather than things getting better, things have actually gotten worse. And that without some kind of acknowledgement and justice, there can be no reconciliation. So what I'm hearing is this is very much not only a top-down, a leadership thing, but a people thing as well. It's, it's almost like a new reformation is needed. And I wonder in the last like four minutes how you see it progressing or whether you think that until that, rec- that, that acknowledgement happens, there can't be a way forward. I have hope through the Amazigh, the, the minority, that what they call the Berber, because they also feel persecuted and uh, discriminated. And so they often talk with me and they say, we want to help you in order for us to be helped. Also other minority like the Tabu, the Tuareg, that are minority that they suffer. So maybe in the moment that they need to normalize a relationship like a USA, that uh, they, they want to support democracy, the real democracy. There are many people that they don't know, but that what's happened that they Jewish from a company, Jewish from a business, they, they go there. They're Jewish, maybe they're European, American, but they go there, but they would be very happy if they can find a synagogue where to go, a, restaurant, a kosher restaurant where to go. They would be very happy. And there is already a friend of mine that established a flight for VIP. He told me, if you have Jewish people with money, I have a VIP flight. So this is what they want is the money. They earn, Charisse, like $120 a month. So this is the salary. They have no electricity. They speculate on the black market for the money. They speculate on the gasoline. They speculate now even with the bread. So the the normal low people, the good people are also the 
niece and the nephew, they grow up with the grandmother and grandfather say how good was when the time the Jew were here. So those can give hope. But those that can give hope, they are afraid of the threat of uh, retaliation from the fanatic. So they need to be quiet because, and they are right. Because uh, it's not because of fear, that is because of love of their children. If they speak, like I just spoke, uh, we have another minute, so it's finished. One minute. I just spoke with a friend of mine. She was. She gave, She told me a, a dream. A Libyan woman. A dream that I really love. Where I see that the, the the husband is put himself in danger in order to fight for this cause, but that he can be easy put in prison, torture or, or killed. So he doesn't. But he won't. Those people. I don't want to feel that I put them in danger by being here and they support the cows. So it's really complicated. But if they will see convenience, interest, this will change. Suddenly will change. But it will be not from the foundation. It will be something that is come from interest. So it it will change. I know you've put yourself at a lot of danger. And I know your life has been threatened numerous times. But I also know, Dr. Joby, that you are, if I'm correct, a Jungian psychologist which means you are a storyteller. And we can only hope that uh, you've walked the story. It'll have a really good ending. And like if anybody can bring about a good ending, it'll be you. So we, I wish you success in furthering your relationship with your country of birth. And thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. And you will be the first one that I will have an interview to say the happy ending because you deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I will definitely uh, remember that. Um, oh, that, was, <laughs> that was Dr. David Jerby, a former Libyan Jew and also the representative of the World Organization of Libyan Jews. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Sharice. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to all of you for joining me. A special thanks to Visma Singer for producing the show. If there's anything on the show you'd like to comment on, you're always welcome to send me an email on sharice at sajbd.org. Please stay safe and until next week, Shabbat Shalom. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.